Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show, yeah. giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. All right, hey. Welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way. And boy, we're having a great time. Uh, the weather's cool. How you yeah, doing, Lindsay? Pretty good. Pretty it's good. It's cool the outside, weather, huh? Yeah. You know, I went swimming yesterday. You went swimming? I where, did. Where did you go? Um, at one of my friend's pools and out south, like um, Jinx area. Jinx area? Yeah. And it was it was actually cool enough for the water to be warm, not hot. But like after I got out of the water, I was freezing. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm um, the te- to me that's the perfect temperature because oh, that yeah. means I'm comfortable inside, and then you know I'm not burning up when I'm outside. But I also went like right before it got dark, yeah. like eight o'clock. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of pools, uh, Lacey Park opened up their pool down Did there. Did they? Oh, it's a nice pool down there. I did not know. They open. got all types of. Uh, slides and mm-hmm. stuff into the water and all type of little shallow part for little baby kids right. and a part where you can dive, diving board. So it's pretty mm-hmm. nice down off in there. I have to go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. And I said, well, man, I'm going to go down there one and, and you know, get in, get in them pool in the kiddie pool. <laughs> oh, Lord, they're going to kick you out. <laughs> in the kiddie pool, you know, have Being, some fun. They're going to think you're some kind of weirdo. They say, they say look at a big old whale coming up in there. <laughs> Ooh, plush <laughs> But it is very nice. Lacey Park here in North Tulsa, you guys that are in Tulsa, stop by and uh, splash. Yeah. You know, I haven't been in a pool this year. So that was well, that was my second time. This weekend was my first time. Okay. This past weekend. First mm-hmm. time. Yep, all summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, good, 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 good. Got me a little tan. A little tan. Yeah. Uh oh, look out now. Out there like our um, Caucasians actually tanning, <laughs> but it was necessary. I was too bright for July. Where are you too bright? <laughs> yeah. I need to get a little tan because my legs and my arms don't match. See, so you, you get know, on they, out there. They don't match at all, man. I, I'm looking sunscreen. at. I'm looking at myself. I'm saying, man, this is two people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I look like. And yeah. then I, ha- I wear glasses, so yeah. I had the line across the bridge Did of my you? nose. Yeah, uh-huh. so I had to go tan to even it out as much as possible. Yeah, I, I, that is funny. Yeah. That is funny. But it looks like we might be getting a little rain out there or something. Maybe. Uh, I, don't, maybe. I, I don't really know. checked the weather for rain, but yeah. it looked like that yesterday as well. Yeah, yeah. So good. It's great. We got some good things in store for you guys. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you right now what's going on, but we got some good things in store that's going to be happening here for Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, just found out, well, we talked about it. We got a fall festival coming up. We got fish fry getting ready to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to go to Atlanta. Right. Tell, tell them about the Atlanta trip. Lindsay. Yeah, the Youth Radio Show, which is the youth radio show here at um, Eden Media Services, is trying to take a trip to Atlanta. It's going to take a trip to Atlanta, Georgia, um, in October. So we are doing a few fundraisers to make sure that that happens. So if you are in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or listening, you can donate to um, the Juice Radio Show so that we can make that happen for them. That's right. And yeah. by by donating, you can do a, you can donate a couple of ways. 
Uh, Juice Radio Show GoFundMe page. Mm-hmm. They have that as well. GoFundMe Juice Radio Show. And you can cash out. Yeah. Everybody's using cash out, right? It's the easiest way to do As things. Eating media mm-hmm. services, cash out. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, donate like that. And um, or you can drop by 1533 North Norfolk here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, we got a donation bucket right here. Just bloop in the bucket. Exactly. And that's the way they go. So several ways to donate to help our youth and young people go to Atlanta. Yes. That's going to be fun. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot they of fun. They get to experience a lot of things that I'm sure that. If they've never been, they haven't experienced. Yeah, so, and even lot. if they have, they'll get to experience a lot of media right. um, avenues and outlets. And it's hard to get into those places. Yeah, so I'm excited is. that they get that opportunity. CNN News. Yeah. You had a, a caption or some information in reference to black media, right? Yes. Yeah. So I was um, looking up information for the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce newsletter, and I came across this article um on the News One website, newsone.com, and it's called Multicultural Media Correspondent um, Association Summit Explores the Importance of Controlling Our Own Narratives. So it was posted on July the 13th, and there was a conference um, that took place between a lot of Black media leaders. And I wanted to read a, just a couple of paragraphs from this article. Mm-hmm. There's so much power that lies in controlling our own narrative. However, due to the lack of diversity within the media industry, authentic stories about the black experience have often excluded, mis- have often excluded, misconstrued, or disregarded, leaving several individuals feeling unseen and unheard. The Multicultural Media Correspondents Association is on a mission to tackle the lack of racial representation when it comes to ownership and leadership in the media industry. The organization recently hosted a forum on Capitol Hill that gathered influential black leaders in the media space to share the experiences and develop strategies to evoke change. The summit dubbed Taking Control of the Media Diversity Crisis explored the racial gap in media ownership directly impacts how the black community is perceived by others and how African-Americans see themselves. It also examined how the decline in platforms owned by people of color has changed the landscape of civic engagement and efforts to create political change. So that's something that um, Bobby and I discuss pretty often here um, at Eden Media Services is having this type of platform for African Americans Mm -hmm. to come in and tell our story our way. So seeing that it's such it's you know it has such a large impact on the U.S. period, most likely on the entire world that they're holding summits for it is like wow, it's really an issue. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I just I feel like I I don't even know where to start to fix that problem. We were discussing before we got on air that when we do have those platforms and they do become popular, then it's we're quick to sell off to, you know, yeah, we've to sold, make the money. Mm-hmm. We've sold a whole lot of black media sources mm-hmm. and companies and sub BT and, exactly. you know, some other places like that. And I, why? I just don't get it. I don't know. You know. And then the ones that we still have, they're on the higher, like, um, especially on television, they're on the higher channels. So you have to pay for like, um, I think P. Oh, Diddy owns stuff. Revolt TV Revolt, and different right. things like that. Yeah. Own mm-hmm. channel. Um, you don't have to pay for own, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's is it is it really a great representation of us? Are we doing a good job of showing them who we are, or are we just falling into 
the numbers and giving people exactly what we yeah. think they want. And so. we we really need more black media. We do. We need an abundance of black media. Like for example, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we don't have a black network even on cable. Um, Hispanics have their cable and TV shows and TV stations, and we don't have that. And we only have a couple of black radio stations, yeah. and you know, just a couple too. Um, and uh, we got we got a couple of a few digital media, Black Wall Street Times, and mm-hmm. and Oklahoma Eagle, and a couple of newspapers and things like that. But we don't have a lot of black media sources here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We don't. And the and you know what, the ones that we do have, I feel like they aren't thriving the way that they used to or they mm-hmm, should. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not changing the narrative. They're not right. Mm-hmm. And I and a, it's. It's Oklahoma's way of life to have multiple jobs and multiple sources of income. So imagine, I I can only imagine that most of the people who own these companies have second jobs and it kind of pushes their agenda to progress, you know, back, put it on the back burner just Mm -hmm. occasionally just to make sure that you're making ends meet because it's not always, um, I don't know, it doesn't always make you the kind of money that you needed to make that's you. true that's mm-hmm. true that's true i think you have to be innovative and you have to be open for change mm-hmm. you know to do something different and uh go for your dreams in in media because you know you have to just build it you know you say they say build it and they will come mm-hmm. you know and that's something that you have to do is work on it every day New platforms, new ways of connecting with people, mm-hmm. uh, just reinventing yourself, you know, over and over and over again, being open to younger ideas. Right. Because I think that some of the old media source people need to learn how to pass the torch. Right. And to those innovative younger people who can take it to another level. Right. And and that doesn't always, I think that a lot of um, older people, um, seasoned individuals, they get, (laughs) they get scared because they think we are going to take over. It's, I mean, there's still a, there's still a gap in between. There's still a training process um, that needs to happen. So it's not necessarily that young people need to come in and take over because we still need that experience and wisdom that you all have. So you have to adjust, the way that you think about um, innovation and new ideas. It's and, its to help you. And, it's and not to, to remove you. A lot of times I, I think that there's so much fear with the older generation mm-hmm. that you guys are going to take it and do something and mess it up yeah. or something. And that's not always the case. You know, and sometimes we have to be open-minded enough to go ahead and say, yeah, they that's the way they do it and that's the way it is. So let me just adjust mm-hmm. and accept what it is and try to help them enhance where they're trying to go. Yeah. And pass that torch. It's it's a difficult um situation to be in. I'm sure it's as difficult for you all as it is for us, but um sometimes I sit in meetings or I'm having a conversation with certain individuals and I'm like, oh I'm wasting my breath. And and you you're the young you're the young <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah, it's right? like I I might as well take my ideas somewhere else because uh-huh. you're not gonna listen. So yeah. And and every everyone regardless of what generation, you know, you come from, everyone wants to be heard. That's true. Everyone has a voice and they should be heard. Not saying that every idea that we have is going to make you a million dollars, but I mean it 
take you got to take the time out to listen. Well, you got to listen to each other, you mm-hmm. know, and that's what it's all about, you know. No one person has all the answers. Exactly. You know, you have to find a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. And once you can do that, then you can grow. I mean, it's kind of like uh, me, Ramal, and Trey here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a conversation. It's it's like, oh, three different generations three, right yes. there. <laughs> you know, you got my generation, you got Ramal in the middle, and mm-hmm. you got Trey right here. And, you know, we're trying to balance things. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things I may not understand, they have to convince me. Yeah. You, know, you know, Bobby, look at me. Da, 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 da. Then I have to say, okay, that's good. And then sometime I have to tell them, wait a minute, stop, slow down. Yeah, you're you need to fast. do it. You're going <laughs> too fast. You're putting the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do that. Just take, sit back, take a look at that. And then they say, oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, there's definitely a balance. Mm-hmm. balance. And once you find um, that team that works well together and you see, um, progress happening then you know that you have something but progress that's what's all about when you see yeah. something not staying stagnant mm-hmm. and it's moving and it's doing things and it's touching people and uh you sit back and say yeah okay i'm gonna keep on creating a narrative and make things happen and keep on bringing the excitement to where people want to be around exactly you know so that's what we have to do mm-hmm. bring that excitement yeah you know to make it try. tell us a little bit about What's going on tomorrow with Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum? Yes. So the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is hosting the first lunch with the mayor, um, our mayor, G.T. Bynum. And he is it's going to happen, let's see, at 11 o'clock from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at the Doubletree Hilton downtown. Mm-hmm. And he'll address the African, African-American community on um, things that, pertain to our community in North Tulsa, as well as some things that are going on in the Greenwood district. So it should be very interesting. So we do have a few tickets that are left um, and meals are included in the tickets. If you purchase the $35 ticket, what you eating out there? What you, you got know, going on? That's a great question. Uh-huh. I, I wish I knew. Wish you knew, huh? Um, I am not included in the food part, but Today we did discuss because we don't have that many slots left for meals. If you would still like to come um, and not eat, then we will take um, probably about 15 to 20 people at the door for a, the price of $10, I think is what we agreed on. Oh, if $10 they don't, if they don't want to eat. Yes. If they, oh, okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. $30 it may, may not be in your budget this yeah, week. Yeah, so, yeah. But, it, but I think it's important that everyone who wants to come and who can come be able to come in and ask the questions that they've been wanting to ask Mm -hmm. in a respectful manner and be able to listen to what is going on in our community. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we're, we're hoping for a great turnout. We have Mm -hmm. all of our people responding. Yeah, we have all, like I said, we have almost all of our meals, um, our meal spots that we have for the number we've given them Mm -hmm. filled. So, Mm -hmm. but don't let that, Stop you from, Stop you from coming. From coming. Yeah. And, and asking the mere questions. Exactly. I hope that nobody don't jump on him. <laughs> you know, I went to, uh-huh. um, he did an address to the Hispanic Latino community. Oh, he did it yes. for them? And I went to their luncheon and it was great. I mean, you, no one was, no one was outrageous. Very outrageous. Yeah, disrespectful. But they asked the hard questions. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need. You need a forum where you feel comfortable asking the hard questions in a respectful manner. And what you know, if I went in there and what if I asked him some questions about black media? I think that would be a great idea. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. can we improve 
our relationship with black media and mainstream media? You, you got to throw, see, those are the questions I like to be there for because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he, he won't expect it. He won't expect it. <laughs> That's yeah. why I'm going to be there tomorrow. And so. he is, when I say the man is awesome at telling the truth and I don't think, I don't think I've ever heard anyone throw a question at him that he couldn't answer. And if mm-hmm. he didn't answer it, you can email him and he'll answer it in the email. Mm-hmm. Like he makes, he, he Make does sure a great job at making sure that he is mm-hmm. active and not just one of those people who sit, you know, mm-hmm. on at his little post and takes credit for things he doesn't do. He's he's in there. He, of course, he's like a part of the mass graves. Um, right, he's investigating that. all he's, of that. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Which we never had before here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. You know, that's, and he uh, was one of the originals on the city council who mm-hmm. had came up with the um, concept. So he's a he's he does a great job, and mm-hmm. I'm excited for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Should be good. Mm-hmm. Should be great. Eleven o'clock tomorrow. Eleven o'clock. Double Tree Hotel downtown, right? Exactly. Uh, it's gonna be good. On and going on. Well, hey, we're here on the Bobby Eden Show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, six p.m. Central Standard Time, and Saturdays from twelve to two. Ooh, God! I just want to tell y'all, but I just can't tell you right now what's going on over here. We got some things going on. Like like we talked about earlier, doing fundraisers, doing a fish fry. Now, mm-hmm. Robin of the Juice Radio Show yeah. came up with the idea to have a fish fry. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess the idea is, uh, well, fundraising for the fish fry, a fundraiser for a fundraiser, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, um, where to have it at, location exactly. and all of that kind of stuff like that, which is important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all important. But um, um, do you know the cost of the plates? You anything know, about anybody said anything about how much uh, they have uh, been discussing it. I don't think that they've come up with the um, an ultimate decision, but I'm going to go with probably ten dollars a plate. Ten dollars a plate. Mm-hmm. And what will they get you? You'll get um, two fish fillets, mm-hmm. French fries and um, a piece of of bread at the Toast least. Toast or some bread yes, at the least. That is that's the base product at the moment. OK, so hopefully well, on Thursday, we'll have the final the final, final. Yeah. Yeah. Plate. You won't be here this Thursday. Uh, I, 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 most likely I won't. I have an event. Yeah. I have an event, but yeah. um, I always yeah. come back for the meeting. And speaking of event, you're an event planner. I am. Yeah. I am an event planner. I own my own company called Imagine It Events, and I plan everything from weddings to happy hours to dinner parties. You're doing pretty good parties. at it, huh? I, you, Starting to my grow, business grow a little is taking bit. off. It is. Growing a little bit. That's good. Yes. That's always a good thing. You know, so we want that. Start to your own. If you can't figure, if you can't find what you want to do, do start it your own. Mm-hmm. I believe in black-owned businesses doing your own, being your own boss. Yes. You know, and that's what I really believe in. We just got to get to supporting each other a little bit more. That's the key right there. Mm-hmm. Support, support, support. We're gonna take a little break, Lindsay, and we're All gonna right. be right back. So we want you guys to come around. We use the platform. To promote today's leader while inspiring tomorrow's. And we super serve our local community while helping you serve the world. We are Eaton Media Services, a full service media company providing promotion, videography, recording services, and more. Connect with us today to find out how we can help you entertain, empower, and inform at EatonMediaServices.com. 
Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroot Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to the Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamidtown at gmail.com. Thank you. Dawn Tree here, CEO of Underground Tree Studios, your one-stop shop for graphics, web design, and art. You can find us online at www.utreep.com, that's the letter U-T-R-E-E-P.com, as well as finding us on Facebook, Underground Tree Studios, Instagram as Underground Tree, and you can also find artist Dawn Tree online as Artista Dawn Tree, and you can also kick it old school and give us a call at 202-910-4409. Don't hesitate to call us. All it takes is a 10-minute consultation, and we can have you hooked up. Peace. If your credit starts with a three, four, five, or six, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates, along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again, call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamidtown at gmail.com. Thank you. You are now plugged in to the number one radio show in the universe. It's official, the Juice Radio Show, straight out of North Tulsa, with Sterling. Hey, man, what's going on, man? Sterling, I'm back. Hey, Dickles. This is Shalissa on the beat, and this is in the seat. Hey. Hey, Willie the Goat. 
Y'all already know what it is. Welcome to the Juice Radio Show. This is where we're to go. Hey, TK. Hey, it's your girl, TK. Hey, it's Jay Connie. Get it? What up, Icon? It's your boy, Jay Connie. Central Standard Time, mm-hmm. and uh, boy, they got a lot of good things going on with the juice. They do juicy, juicy, juice. Did we ever what? um, What's that? decide if we were going to do host, you know, do interviews or host interviews? See what that looks like for uh, possibly ex- expanding here in Tulsa, getting more young people on the show. More juice makers or more? What is that? What you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more, I say more juice makers. I like that. Yeah, I we're, we're gonna right to we're me. gonna do that. You know, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's been talked about to expand the juice. You know, the juice can be more than just uh, a bunch of young people coming on the radio. For sure. You yeah. Know, there are other avenues. Avenues and different um, to explore to explore in media. In media. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Script writers, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. You know, it's the sky is the limit. I'm gonna tell you what, writing what? scripts is not easy. Mm-hmm. You used to do it. You done oh, yeah. it before? Yeah, I have a lot of them. A lot of them, huh? Yeah, yeah. Not, not my. Well, I can't say that I'm not good at it. It's just not my favorite thing to do. Okay. Because there's a lot that goes into it. So. You did it in school, didn't you? I did. I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How was that? Let me ask you this: You went to OSU. I did. And you Go took up. Uh, you took up broadcast journalism, right? Mm-hmm. And they taught you how to do it in a professional way. Correct. Uh, how is that in reference to uh, what, what? How I want to put it. How is that? Are you able to use it here? It's hard to use it here in Tulsa, being an African American, correct? I mean, it's hard to use it if you're not in the media setting or industry period. So if you, if you're not working at a news station or a radio station, then now it would be easier. Cause you, you know, it's more common to have your own um, podcast or your own vlog, but coming out of college, I feel like I'm old by saying that there weren't that many of them. Um, mm. And it wasn't really as popular as it is now, but yeah, you you need it. You need I, that you know, structure. The reason I ask because I I run in, I've ran into about five to six African Americans who have degrees in broadcast journalism, mm-hmm. but they are not nowhere near working in the field. Yeah. Well, they even it's have hard to get a job now. in broadcast journalism um, coming out of college if you're not willing to move to. One of the largest bottom, no, one of the bottom. bottom markets. So they want you in Jackson, Tennessee, or Muskogee, you know, Oklahoma. Yeah, Ada. I knew someone who had to go to Ada, Oklahoma, and she to was get there a job. for two years. Yes, mm-hmm. just to get a job. And now she's in a small town in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And so, um, working even, your way up. Exactly. And then a lot of the times, by the time people make it to that top twenty-five, top fifty market, they're burned out, and you still have another five years possibly to, before you make it to a top 10. And mm-hmm. then there's only so many spots in the top 10 and, yeah, who, and the people who are in the top 10 are most likely they've been in the industry for a while. 
um, or just happen to know the right person, mm-hmm. you know, or have amazing gentlemen exposed to the right people. So. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. And that's why the turnover ratio is high mm-hmm. in broadcast journalism, with the, especially in news. Yes. You know, I see uh, people come through Tulsa, Oklahoma, maybe six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they're gone. Yeah. A lot and of so people I've seen do terminate so contracts. many. I've, I've built relationships with these people. Next thing you know, Bobby, hey, I'm out of here. Boom. Mm-hmm. Paris Holmes, uh, you know, Ashley Linkson. I mean, just so many. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm sorry, Jonathan, <laughs> but J.J. <clears throat> Burton and all of them were here one time, but they're gone. Katira Winfrey and all of them became my friends, and I'm saying, well, they're not here no more. Yeah, that's exactly why. Yeah. It's, it's it's hard to work, work so, your way up. And then you don't make a lot of money in when you're starting out in those yeah, industries yeah, either. Yeah. So People think they do, but they're not making no, the money at all. No, no, no. You have to be top 10 market to be making great money. Mm-hmm. And those are your Houston, Atlanta, um, L.A., Dallas. Yeah. I got a friend of mine. She left here, Tulsa, Oklahoma. <clears throat> um, uh, Toya Sil- Latoya Silman. She left and and she was on uh, Channel Eight for years and she mm-hmm. now she's in Vegas doing you know big news up mm-hmm. there and so the money's better and everything's better. Yeah, yeah. People follow the money, don't they? They do. If that's your dream, and, then that's the goal to make more and money. Another thing that I've discovered is most of them, those journalists, mm-hmm. are single people. Yeah, they are not married. Very few are married and in, in a relationship, but. They're single people. Well, as far as the how often you have to move in the industry if you're if you're trying to move up, I would compare it to being in the military. Oh. You're you're leaving somewhere every two to three years, mm-hmm. headed to the next place until you find either a city that you like or you make it to a top ten market, which is or top twenty five, whatever your goal may be. Mm-hmm. Or some people just go back to school and then they become an educator and teach it. So that's true. Mm-hmm. So do you think there's a t- um a lot of journalists teach journalism? Um after I, they've degreed? I feel like there would be. I wouldn't want anyone would I wouldn't want anyone else teaching me. Where could you teach it? You can teach it in high school. They have it in middle schools, um They got journalism level. classes in there. Yeah, um community colleges, all those have journalism. I know in my high school we had a we had a journalism um course. Here here in Tulsa? Mm-hmm. Where? Union. Union? Mm-hmm. Really? I'm thinking I I I'm pretty sure probably most of your high schools are going to have some type of broadcast um they should course they because should. if you think about it they do news they do newspapers mm-hmm. um yearbook is sort of kind of considered the same yeah, thing it is. It's, it, it's it was journalism, journalism when I came up mm-hmm. um, you know? a lot of schools have you know television broadcasts that they may do every yeah, morning yeah, right. or every Ro- couple radio of days. broadcasts and all kinds exactly. of stuff Exactly so it's mm-hmm. um it's definitely there's definitely a need for educators in that field. Mm-hmm. It is, especially I feel in the African American community. Yeah, I don't we even think more. we had. A, I don't even know of one who was black, and I I don't think I came across any African Americans in my college like professors until grad school, and he was the interim director. I wish I could think of his name, and I hate that I can't. But um, he's actually he actually lives here. And his kids, they go to school here. But yeah, he became the director. I think my first year in grad school. Mm-hmm. But before then, all of my professors, uh, probably because I did sports journalism, mm-hmm. were white males, older really? white males. Mm-hmm. Older white males. Yep, over 
50, 50 plus. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's, 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 the, that's, that's who old. dominates the industry. That's too old mm-hmm. to me now. It's just my personal. Wow. That's crazy. Great teachers, though. But were, they, were they good? Oh, yeah. Very, very hard on you. I've been doing the very, best very, very hard. All right, we're back on the air. Great. Man, we had a little little boo-boo right there. Yeah. Well, to pick up where we left off, Yeah. talking about GPAs, um, I graduated from undergrad with a 3.67. 3.67? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. You were a smart little girl. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say little girl, smart little young lady. Yeah. I was the kid in class that everyone hated because... Right, really? <laughs> Well, my professors, the lower part of my GPA came from my classes that were not in my um, in my college, so outside of my major. But I was the kid in class who got the 101. And oh, you the one scoring yeah. high on the high end. Huh? Yeah, so when they curve the grade, it's like, uh, it's really not a curve because somebody was an overachiever. But I'd never had to really study. You one of those so. persons that had a test tomorrow and you didn't really have to study for it. No, you I can comprehend, I've memorized, memorize I'm memorizing things. See, some people are like that. They go out partying and drinking and all that, and take that test and pass that it. Was and then some <laughs> people have to study all week long. Right, and and I mean, of course, you have certain classes that you have to do that with, but majority of the classes, yeah. Um, in my college, if there was a test, I could study right before. Mm-hmm. But um, I also liked writing, so it was easy for me to go out and um, 
write about my beat. I think when I was in sports uh, writing, my beat was rugby, mm-hmm. which was very interesting to me because I didn't know anything about it before um, I had to write about it. So I got into it and I mm-hmm. loved writing it, writing about rugby. So right. it worked for me. Okay. We're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Okay. Let's do that right fast. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I don't go shooting way RP. Cause you take the bullet trying to save me. Then I'm left to deal with making you bleed. And that's a whole lot of love ain't trying to waste it. Like we be running them out and never make it. That's just too bitter for words, don't wanna taste it. That's just too bitter for words, don't wanna face it. I think that I'm Thank you. 
like that LMA right there. It's pretty good, huh? I love it. Yeah, she, she's uh, been pretty hot with her whoa, with her music. Yeah. But that was the other one right there, huh? Looks like the internet's trying to tell us something. It is, huh? <laughs> exactly. What is going on today? Let me check and see what's happening right here. Uh, you know, we don't do nothing formal over here anyway. Hey. That's just the way it Everything's goes. very chill. Yeah, chill. Mm-hmm. Very chill over here at uh, Eden Media Services, Bobby Eden Show, Juice Radio Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of formality. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it may need be, we're but getting we're getting there, you know. So, and with that juice, you know, I appreciate you being here, Lindsay. Hey, you know what I mean? Bringing bringing it all in a home and stuff like that, and making it happen. You know, things like that. We need good people like you and other people. If you want to contact us, come by 1533 North Norfolk. Or you can dial the number 832-443-9499. You know, and uh, we'll do. Hey, we got campaigns going on, fundraisers happening. Uh, We've got uh, 501c3s taking place and all kinds of stuff over here at Eden Media Services. And it is the community, and it is for you. It ain't for me. It's for you. <laughs> so I want to make that real clear. You know, what else is going on, Lindsay? You know, uh, I'm, I'm, are we talking about locally? We locally. About- so tell us what's happening. Okay, the Chamber's having a luncheon, what we know is going to take place tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what else is going on with the Chamber? Anything else in the chamber? Are we still taking membership? Of course. A power we're group always, and all of that? We're always looking for new members. Um, and if you if you want to know anything else about the chamber, you can always visit the website, bwschamber.com, or call us at 918-764-8833. We are still um, taking donations through the power group as well, which is um, a fund that is funded by our community and the sole purpose of it is to give um, buy back the land in our community, um, help with economic growth. Mm-hmm. So um, you can donate there. You can find out more information about that also on the website at bwschamber.com. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There are a lot of events going on in Tulsa. Um, I don't think we... I think we kind of sleep on the sources that they come from. I know the libraries do a lot of events daily. You know what? The, speaking of the library, mm-hmm. you know we had that festival, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they dropped off a box full of African-American books. What? And all that. I got some of them right in the back back here. Really? Books on uh, Nelson Mandela, Obama, Michelle Obama. Free books. Really? Yeah, a whole ton of them. Well, y'all hear that? Y'all know yeah, where to come books. pick them up? Well, we're going to see. <laughs> Check them out. <laughs> you know, that's a good idea, though. <clears throat> I, um, I noticed in a lot of neighborhoods um, in Atlanta, they had this... Um, Neighborhoods would put these boxes out mm-hmm. and it would say, um, it would be free books, but the, but the point is to kind of w- look at them and then return them to the box so the next person can get them. Right. And in my mind, I'm like, that's not going to work. People are going to just take the book and never put it back. So mm-hmm. occasionally I would go by and see if, you know, a book was returned and it right. actually works. So people will read a book and they'll put it, put it back in there or they'll have a book that they're reading and they'll put it in there. And that way the whole community gets to enjoy mm-hmm. reading for free. And in your own neighborhood, you don't even oh, have to go out far to do it. Great, that's yeah. a great way, Ray, Ray, a, a great way to learn and to exchange. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, to teach accountability mm-hmm. to kids, if no one else. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Those in a uh, neighborhood gardens are good too. Yes, 
You know, I, we need to get more involved in the neighborhood gardens to where you can grow some fruits and I'm tomatoes. Not, you know, I don't have a green thumb. Yeah, I'm just saying more people should get involved. Yeah. I don't have no green thumb either. But I would, but I would love to learn. <clears throat> I would. I think what um what scares me the most are is going to the garden and then like seeing bugs. So like when I was in Atlanta, they had a rooftop garden at the apartments. But every time I would go in, there would just be so many bees and stuff, and it would mm-hmm. just deter me from wanting to even figure out what was going on. But it's necessary. I mean, it's you know free food from the community. Yeah, the it community. is free food, and, and um, you know. it's actually therapeutic to garden. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. Yeah, they're doing it a lot in different communities and stuff across the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, neighborhood gardening. Yeah, tomatoes, okra, cabbage, carrots. You know, you name it, it's mm-hmm. there. Potatoes. I was in a um, watermelon at my friend's apartment complex in Broken Arrow, and their apartment complex has a neighborhood garden. Really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's um, it's not really, really large, but it's the whole thing's re- um, ran by the residents. You know, I remember when I was coming up as a kid, some of the elders would actually have little plants. In the window sills. Yes. And mm-hmm. growing different stuff right there. Yeah, herbs and different things. Herbs and mm-hmm. right there, right there in the window sills, you know, above the sink, you know, and uh, wow. Need to get back to that kind of stuff. I remember my grandmother used to have a lot of that going on. I don't I don't think my grandma really had a garden. She yeah. had like um, <clears throat> uh, berry trees in her backyard, but she didn't plant them. <laughs> but they were there. Oh, the berry trees? Yeah. Yeah, like we, blackberry trees. We used to have those. We, you know what? Those blackberry trees. I remember being a little boy. We go collect a whole bunch of them. And we would put them in a jar. Call really? ourselves making wine. <laughs> <laughs> put them in a jar, and boy, they would just. My grandmother would put something on them, and boy, it'd be sweet tasting, and all that. Them berries. Ooh. I don't think mine ever made it to a plate. We would just pick them off the tree, tree and, and, we, and we couldn't go inside, so you had to use the water hose to wash, wash them off. off. Eat them right yeah, there. Eat them right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many, so much natural fruit back then. You don't see that now. Natural fruit. Nope. You, know, you know. Not. I mean, and I think that's because there's a lack of trees in neighborhoods. You think of what it is? Lack of trees. Yeah, especially lack, your newer development. Yeah, you don't have trees no like trees, that. No trees. That's true. No, no fruit bearing trees at all. Mm. It would make more sense though. Boy. Um, to have fruit bearing trees instead of the. the Ugly trees that get that become really pretty and then they stink in the spring. I don't mm-hmm. know what the name of them are, but well, I they call them funk trees or something. I they call them all kind of bad names. I don't know the real name the for them, but like I hate have, them. Uh, look like they have a they bud white. Bud when they, white. When they bloom, they're white. The yeah. Trees become white. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like right at the beginning of spring, and they smell awful, and they're in everyone's neighborhood. I'm Captain like, Funk trees, oh, huh? I hate them. <laughs> yeah. Just replace those with a couple of fruit trees, and we yeah. actually can that would have be nice, them. wouldn't it? It would be. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. I think my mom said they had a, um, when they were younger, they would pick their neighbor's fruit off of their trees mm-hmm. and get in trouble all the time. But when you're outside all day and your kids and you're hungry, parents won't let you in. Oh, did they put you outside? We, When we were at my grandma's house, we were out there from sun up to sundown. <laughs> really until our that's parents were ready school. to leave. You, you know, yeah. that's old school. They, like if, they, we would, if they would eat, they would bring us food outside. Uh-huh. But that was it. You had to go to the restroom. Then, de- you know, depending on which number you were <laughs> yeah. in the house. But right after you were done, you had to go right back outside. Right back. At, yeah, okay. And if we, if we did get in the house 
it wasn't technically in the house, it would be in the garage. Uh-huh. So, she wasn't coming in the house, just hanging out. Right. But my grandma also had, at that point, she had like a three-bedroom house, mm-hmm. but she had seven kids, and all oh. of them had at least two kids. Yeah, so, and the house was full, huh? It was one room, to be real. It was just full, huh? <laughs> yeah. You just go over to Grandma's house and just hang out, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. Was that your mother's mother? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Is she, she still here? Yes, she yeah. lives in, well, she lives in Dallas. Um, She's been there for, oh, uh, over 20 years now. Your, your, okay, your grandmother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Bigger house now. She still, well, um, she still doesn't like us there too long. Oh, she can only take you for so long. Yeah, huh? she's you, like a weekend person. Then you gotta go because she you know, wants to be free. She wants to, right, and then she she likes her house a certain way. She doesn't like to use air conditioning. Um, oh, really? Unless it's like a window unit, and she hates when we come because we complain the whole time. It's like you're you're hot as you can be in that house. Oh, when she, you go you, to sleep, you're, gonna be you're sweating. Oh, you're sweating when you go yeah. to sleep. So like she, we we love when we go visit her house and she's not home because then we can turn on the air and she won't complain about it. But um, yeah, she is. When she's there, she shuts all the air down. She's old school. We're sleeping with fans. Everybody's in. Most of the time, we all end up in the living room downstairs with like four well, fans trying to cool get down, as much huh? circulation, yeah, as possible. Because when you go to sleep, you're sweating, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> she, and she does not care. Hey, she's used to she's it. She's comfortable. Huh? Yeah. yeah. She's in her comfort zone mm-hmm. like that. Some people are like that too, you know. Uh, uh, that heat, I gotta have some AC. Man, I I need the AC to be on nothing higher than seventy when I'm sleeping. Yeah, when you sleeping, and that's pushing it. And nothing higher than seventy. Nothing right? higher than seventy. Yeah, mm-hmm. seventy is about the normal degrees. Yeah, that's normal. And that's almost year round. I'm not right. gonna even lie. Yeah. We don't do a lot of adjusting. It's the heat it, coming on. Ugh, that is very rare. Very rare in my mom in my mother's house because none of us like to be hot. So we'll put on some extra clothes and some blankets, but we don't turn on the heat very often. And when we do, it doesn't stay on very long. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's a uh, funny weather around here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because today it wasn't so bad. You know, some days it'd be burning up. Some days it's raining and some days mm-hmm. it's, you don't know. What, All of them in the same day. You just <laughs> the same day. Yeah. You don't know what to expect here. Exactly. I can't. Predicted anymore. Yeah. And the winters are not that that cold anymore. I was at the um by the way, I didn't get to tell you about that. We went to the um and the juice radio show last Thursday. We went to the Why Not Comedy Show. I was there. Yeah. Yeah, I was so there. So much you know what? I must admit, I haven't had that much fun or laughed that much that was, in a I very cr- long time. I cracked up at some of those uh, Hilarious. uh comedians were stupid, wasn't it? Yes, they? yes. Belly Bell, know, he was crazy oh too. Oh my god, he was and, out of control. Yeah, like he said <laughs> he said, White folks are ain't going back and forth with you, you know. Huh? I died. I, I died. died. But you know what? I started with um Alexis, the first girl who the went. first girl. Oh my she god. She was hilarious, wasn't Man. she? Man. Her uh, personality uh-huh. mixed with the jokes, it was uh-huh. perfect. It was perfect. And then there was the one lady. Oh, I felt so bad for I her. I felt it. I was embarrassed for her. But the worst part, Bobby, was that she was booed by. She was a, she was a, a girl from Ada, but she's lived in Tulsa, so they introduced her as being from Tulsa. Um, she was a Caucasian girl, probably right. Yeah. Mid, um, late mid, mid, late twenties, 20 early thirties, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I laughed one time. I didn't either. 
and I, I felt so, really I, bad. I just felt sorry for her. Yeah, I think she was nervous. I think her humor was kind of dry. It was very dry, but very, I love dry humor. It, I love yeah, white yeah, people's dry exactly, humor. But she didn't know how to present it in a way <laughs> to make you laugh. No. You know, you know, she didn't have that. Uh, she was trying to do more or less like the Amy Schumer, uh, Schumer yes, type, yes. type and of I don't think she's comedy, funny. and she wasn't ready for that. Yeah, and that, her people are who booed her, which I was really like surprised. Like, wow, her people okay. were booing her. Huh? Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, man. The, the white people were booing her, and I felt really. I even stood up and clapped for her because she tried. I mean, you know, someday, and then he explained to like some days you go to work and you um, have a bad day, you know, and no one makes it better. I was like, yeah, we probably didn't help her in that case. But I was literally like looking with one eye squinted and my ear toward the stage trying to find something funny to laugh at. You couldn't find nothing. It wasn't happening. I couldn't either. And then she, I just feel sorry for her. But you know what? I, I think it took a turn for the worse when she said, you know who I don't f with? Mm-hmm. God. And I'm like, oh my God, girl, you in Oklahoma? You, you can't say, say stuff that, like right? that. You were in the Bible Belt. Yeah, can't. she lost everybody at that point. Uh, she did. There's no chance of recovery. She's no recovery. You know that other brother? He was crazy. Uh, the, the one, one that went the, right the, after, or the, the last right, one? The, la- the one, boy, both of them was they crazy. They were both funny. They were both crazy. Um, well, Lance Woods was the one that was from L.A. Yeah. And then there was a guy that was from Detroit. Ron. The last His name one. was Ron something, wasn't it? The last one, I, I'm not sure. I, I think look so, it up. Yeah. But yeah, he was from Detroit, and he was hilarious. I think what made him funnier was his... <laughs> you know, the one with the afro? Yes. Oh, he was stupid. His, his look did not match his <laughs> it didn't match. It did, it did, <laughs> what he was saying coming out of his mouth. <laughs> right, It right. did not match at all. But it was a really good show. Oh, yeah. It and was if, you didn't, if you didn't attend, you really missed out. It sure. was funny now. It mm-hmm. wasn't... Now, it wasn't for children. You and, know, there and, there were, children and there were quite there. a few children there. I don't mm-hmm. know. They brought their... They brought their kids, you know, yeah, to it got a, pretty an graphic. adult. Pretty graphic and direct. They were saying some words that was woo. And talking to the kids about it too. That was right. crazy. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, is it? Close your close your ears now. Right. Uh huh. But the parents didn't find a problem now, now, with it. Now, one part I have to say that for me, I just wish he hadn't did it. Let's talk about McLean. You know what? You know, and down yeah. McLean like that. I mean, he talked about McLean so bad, and I was saying, "Oh man, come on, man." But Bobby, you know? but you're not giving him credit because at the end he explained his point, and he explained his his love for the community and how that was actually one of his favorite schools to I visit. I talked to him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a conversation with him. It's, you know, you know me. It's rough though, Bobby, because realistically, it's, it it is rough going into that kind of environment. But, you know, we know this, you know, but to exploit it and to make it into um, such a bad, such a terrible situation, uh, you know, when you got some good people who are trying to really make it a better situation, you know, and uh, that's what got me. Yeah. You know, because I've been out to McLean Mm -hmm. and I've been there and walked them halls. I talked to those kids before. And I know it's rough. Yeah. But it's McLean is kind of like the dumping ground. For these schools around here, you know, with yeah. with, with uh, children with uh, issues. Yeah, but that's what. But, but he ground. did say that, and that's what makes <clears throat> comedy what it is. They make light of bad yeah, situations. Do. I know. Yeah. And and I think that even in his comedy, he even explained like to to the white people, like these are basically the schools that y'all need to be. You know, y'all putting all y'all's money into Booker T and um mm, and right. Memorial, but there are kids out here who actually need the funding, and like you said, they got thirty dollars in their 
budget for the year. <laughs> but you got Booker T sitting yeah. up here getting new oh, everything yeah. for they no got, reason. They got everything. Yeah. Booker T. Booker T. Well, Tulsa, Washington. Oh, Bobby, now you about to have a lot of people mad at you. Tulsa, Washington. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to Booker T. Hey, it's been taken over. I know. And it doesn't seem like the <clears throat> alumni are doing an awesome job at all well, you know, of um, keeping that history. Being a Booker T. Washington Hall of Famer, that's mm-hmm. what I am. You know, they got elected. And then it's changed quite a bit, you really? know. And um, um, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing in a lot of ways, but it's a bad thing when it doesn't connect. 100% with the community and the people involved. Because you can live across the street from Booger T and not go to it. You know? But you know what? My mother made a great point. What she you said, um, we were talking about that, and she said, but watch when gentrification comes. Oh, it's already here. Anybody who lives in that area is going to mm. be able to get into Booger T. Mm. So she was saying that it's you know, I mean, anybody can speak up for a school, but when you when you have a connection to that place, you almost have a duty to say, okay, I know I don't have kids here or I'm no longer tied to it, you know, in my personal life, but it now's the time because by the time gentrification happens, if they go through with their plans then it's going to be too late. Yeah. And we don't want that to be the case. That is, that is his, the, and the only, or the first historically African-American school here. In Tulsa. Well, so, you know, Booger T. Washington is a pillar in the community and it was a place to where if you, didn't connect that's where you connected mm-hmm. at Booger T. Washington because you had two feeder schools Carver mm-hmm. and Marion Anderson which fed Booger T. Washington then you had your elementary schools like Dunbar School and Raph J. Bunch and John Burroughs and them uh, who fed Booger T. <clears throat> and uh, when it was changed and that's what happened yeah yeah so you ended up going to Union, Union from Carver. Mm-hmm. From Carver to Union. Yeah. And that was a different animal doing that, wasn't it? I bet that was culture shock, wasn't it? It was it was death. Well uh well even okay, so I went to I went to Union before I went to Carver. I went to Union in sixth grade. Oh, okay. And um but then when you when you were exposed to your people and your environment where your teachers, you know, a lot of your teachers look like you right, and they exactly. actually care about you and then to go from that to, you know, maybe a couple, what, 20 kids in a class mm-hmm. to almost feel like you're in a small college, um, you know, at a mm-hmm. small college because there's so many kids in your class. It was, it was awful. It was hard was for me to Was it awful adjust. for you? Really? Yeah. I don't, I think I kept, most of my friends that I kept, I actually kept from Carver because oh. me connecting with people, um, that's just not. So when you thing. went over there to Union, you just connected with people who went to Carver. A lot of them had already went had went to Carver with me. They were already they were mm-hmm. already there, huh? Yeah, and then it took a couple of years for me to um, adjust. And then what what happened was a lot of my friends were siblings of my brother's friends, so, so that's how them. we connected. Mm-hmm. You connected, okay? Yeah, and then I, you know, and then of course I would meet their friends and different things like that. But um, yeah, most of my friends started out; they were probably my brother's friends, or they had siblings that were friends with them, and. What was it like going to school there? It was like a different place every day. You could literally go through the hall every day and find someone that you've never seen before. Cause it was, it was like kids. a mini college campus, huh? Mm-hmm. That many kids, huh? Yeah, it was very difficult to connect. I mean, unless you played sports or something like that, then it was it was rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it was racism prevalent? Oh yes, of course. Um, I've always been involved in 
you know, some type of African-American organization or something. So when we were in high school, we actually started an African-American um, association. Club. Yeah. Club. And even just trying to get the funding that, you know, other people had got was really almost impossible. Like pulling teeth, huh? But I had one, <laughs> I had one um, teacher who was African-American. He ended up being our advisor. So he kind of helped us adjust, but even gr- joining different groups was difficult. Um, we had a group that kind of were, I don't know, like a, some type of fan group or whatever. And it was made up of for years of all white girls. And after we found out that some of the black girls that we knew wanted to get in and they couldn't join the group, we Based on color? Yeah. Pretty much. We flipped, and um, I remember me and a couple of other girls went to administration and told them, well, you knew what was going on, and if they didn't get in, if all of us who did, who applied didn't get in, then we would make sure they got shut down, so they ended up letting us all in, and it was, I mean, even within there, there was segregation. It, 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 it would get so bad at, you know, sporting events that we would actually have to, like, make people move around from their seats just to be able to make it look a little bit more diverse, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely racism in those schools. Anybody who says anything different is blind, for sure. So, I mean, I will say going from Union to OSU was easier. because That transition was yeah, easier? because it was like going from a small college to a larger college. Mm-hmm. There uh, was still a lot of white people. Okay. Still a lot, and you have to find your group of people. Um, easier at in college because there are even less black people. So I think the percentage of African-Americans in my class when I started was probably 8%. Oh. And it was the highest percentage they had. Ever of, had, yeah, huh? Of, of African-Americans, yes. huh? And that, that dropped down real low um, by the second semester. You did hit, huh? Yeah. 4% of them. Exactly. It was probably, <laughs> it probably, we, we may have ended up with 4%, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that caused all of, you know, your African-American students to kind of, Start school together. together. Yeah, even mm-hmm. the athletes. A lot of people said that. Well, we didn't. We never really associated with them. But I know our class. I mean, every almost all African Americans connected and connected and stayed together around mm-hmm. each other. Huh? Yeah. Wow, that had to be different, huh? It, it 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 was a good feeling to know that there were other people around there like you, for sure. But I mean, that's probably so. Great. As far as roommates are concerned, was it mixed up? No. I had um with the roommate situation. Well, you know, in college you kind of get a chance to pick your own roommates. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have enough, then they'll throw somebody in your room. So I think mm-hmm. once well, one year I one year for probably like 2 months because I'm not going to lie, me and um my friend Camille were awful people. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. only lasted like 2 months. Uh we had a, a white roommate and then It was three of you guys. You see, you only had one. Yeah, white? there were three of us. There were three black girls, but me and me and Camille were on the same side. It was like where you have two rooms on one side mm-hmm. and two on the other side. Okay, I got you. Yeah, and then my senior year, I had a, a foreign exchange student who was from like, I don't know, uh, up north of North Europe. Uh, she was there for the semester. Okay. And that was weird too. Was it weird? Yeah. What was the weird part about it? It was culturally culturally and what did she do well that was so different than what you I guys mean did. I am first of all I'm a neat freak mm-hmm. she wasn't and she was not and she's like she didn't bathe every day and mm-hmm. she didn't clean up and you know I I'm not used to white girl hair in the shower and different things like that so it was it was really 
uncomfortable. It was. I think it got to the point to where she knew. Well, it did get to the point to where she knew I was uncomfortable, and she when she did shower or something, she finally got the hang of things and would like clean up after herself and all of that. Mm-hmm. But was it ever discussed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As as well as I could because she didn't speak great English mm-hmm. um, at all. But I'm not gonna lie. I was, I, she probably didn't think very highly of African Americans after anyway, that experience, huh? probably at all because she <laughs> had, probably hadn't been exposed to very many right, of them. Exactly. Um, but and especially with me, mm-hmm. I I don't I borderline regret it. I mean, I could have been a little nicer. But, but it, oh, were you mean to her? Not intentionally. I just get so frustrated with stuff like that. It's very difficult. When my space isn't clean, my attitude is ugly. It's super ugly. So trying to keep my composure when I'm really not happy. You're not feeling it? No. And all of a sudden, yeah. I probably spent more time away from home during that semester than I did at home. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Just because I didn't want to be super mean to her. So but... did you did you stay away sometime? Yeah. Just like you say, just it wouldn't come to time come to go to bed. I would stay with, well, I, first of all, Bobby, I was always out mm-hmm. having a good time, partying doing, or something. Doing Lindsay, huh? So, and then when I wasn't there, then I was at a library or something. So I didn't spend a whole lot of time at home. But you want to go home, you want to relax, you want to take a shower and not have to worry about anything. Yeah, it wasn't the best experience. Mm-hmm. So I can say that. I mean, even in that, like we, we band together, we made sure that we were all roommates. So we didn't have to deal with that very often, but no, yeah. mm. PWIs are definitely so different. So what, what, I'm trying to think, what, what country was she from? I'm not, you know, I would actually have to look it up. Is it India somewhere? No, there? no, no. She was, um. From somewhere else, huh? White, white. She was Oh, white, white. Swedish tour down in Norway or something? Close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll find out before the, if I look it up on a map, I can probably tell you, mm-hmm. um, but wow. I, it was, it was not a good thing. No, nope. Not for, not for me, at least I'm sure other people would have enjoyed it, but not for you. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. So during your tenure there at uh, OSU, you had several roommates, right? <laughs> yeah. Did you I get did. along with most of them? Yeah, so um, who is your favorite? My friend Camille. We're still friends to this day. Camille uh-huh. is she here in Tulsa? Mm-hmm. She's been over here before. No, she's okay. never been here. But uh, we roomed together from sophomore year to till until I graduated. Really? Mm-hmm. Long time, huh? Yeah. Y'all were buds, huh? Mm-hmm. And I met her at Carver in the seventh grade. You guys been friends all that time. Yep. We. It, in in high school, not really. Um, but when we met up in college, then we had a couple of classes together. And well, that's yeah. good that you can, you know, have room, be a roommate with a old high school or middle school buddy or something. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, and you guys just get along and you know each other, how each other work. Yeah. Now we all sneaking boys in and out of the room. Nope, she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I never, I never, I never snuck anything. Just put it that way. Did I have guy friends over? Oh yeah, yeah. Because the they, they could come in your room. Oh yeah, You're, mm-hmm. it's it's like living in an apartment, your own apartment. Mm-hmm. There's but no. But they regulation. had to be out at a certain time. No, no, you have to live in a traditional dorm for that to be a rule. And the traditional style dorms are like women only dorms, um, where you have, you know, you're sharing the bathroom with women and all that. Women kind of stuff. only, right? Mm-hmm. But um. 
I stayed, I only stayed in traditional style for the first semester, and even then, they didn't care. It wasn't really what they, no. what it was put out to be, huh? Mm-hmm. Nobody I had friends come down from um, that we knew from high school, and they stayed over because we, like, you know, we would go to parties or whatever, and they would just stay over and they didn't care. Mm. Did you join join a sorority or anything while you were there? I did not. Ah, no. You didn't join one, huh? Not my thing. I I did want to. Um, I had a <laughs> I have a, a mouth on me, and they don't like that. So, oh no, they don't like the mouth. Yeah, I that mm, they they didn't want me. Really? <laughs> they didn't want me. Put it that way. They did everything possible to make sure that you didn't I did join not up. go through with it. Yeah. People, they, but they were asking, huh? You know what? We had a lot of um, people who wanted to be bullies who really weren't about anything, but um, talk tried to talk a good game. So when I did want to join, I was going to join with some friends. And they had um, pre-hazing experiences that I wasn't, you know, you okay like, with. Man, please. So yeah, they tried. They tried it with me and quickly learned. Okay, she's not going to be the one. She's not the um, one. But even after, like they, they literally scared them to not joining until I think they probably waited a couple of years to join. And that alone was like, mm, I don't think I really want to be a part of an organization who mm-hmm. tries so hard to make someone, you know, to lower someone's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think that's the case for all sororities because Camille and Amber, you know, they joined um, a sorority and I loved all of them. And Yeah. So were Amber, you down there with Amber? Mm-hmm. Amber was my our roommate our senior year, but I've been knowing Amber since probably, well, we, we both did journalism together. Yeah, so. and she's doing journalism with Fox 23, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That how she, was that her first stopping point? No. Um, she did a little bit of work. And a small town right outside of Houston for a couple, maybe like six months. And then she moved to, I want to say Jackson, Tennessee. She was there for about two years and then she came to Tulsa. Jackson, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Never heard of it. Yeah, I could. I know it's either Jacksonville or Jackson, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then she came to Tulsa after that. Wow. Yep. So she's, she's working her way up too. Trying to go up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Fox 23. She's really, she's Miss always been Amber really Hughes. into mm-hmm. the whole thing. I like, I like Amber. She's cool people. She is. She yeah, is. Yeah. Got a boyfriend here now, huh? Yeah. Fiance. Our huh? fiance. fiance. Yes. Yeah. That's good. When are they going to get married? When is that going to happen? Uh, you know? First week in September. Oh, they're going to try to tie the knot then, huh? Mm-hmm. And then what's going to happen? Are they going to stay here? Stay here? Are they going to yeah. move? She'll be here for maybe about a year. At least a year. Fill out the next contract mm-hmm. and all that. He's going to find some work. Yep. He's actually um, secured a job with one of the uh, public school districts around here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He's a teacher. So. Oh, he's a teacher. Mm-hmm. Educator there. Yeah. Mm, that's impressive. Okay. Good. I'm excited to see what that wedding's going to be like. Oh. They're both super hyper. Yeah. Are they excited <laughs> about it? Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just, Hyper people, period. Yeah. So I'm just thinking of all. Oh, I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be the the reception is definitely gonna be a blast. Uh, I already know are you planning it? No, okay. um, they're, they're having event? it in Houston. So oh, in H Town. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where they're both from. So we'll be there for their wedding. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Sounds like big fun. It is. You know, they're taking mm-hmm. out of my pockets so. though. Right, you're gonna be down there. I know. Got to get a. You, those are. 
the most bittersweet vacations because they're not really vacations because you're doing it for someone else, but mm-hmm. then you have to kind of make it a vacation because you're spending money on it. That's true. So, I told her she'll probably be my last wedding for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come right back, okay? All right.
That's right. Don't stop the music here on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and on Saturdays from 12 to 2. And we get together and we do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. In here with Miss Lindsay, we've been talking a little bit off the record. You know, that's what we say. <laughs> yeah. And uh, trying to bring you the information that you need. You know, black media is, uh, like we said earlier in the show, is so much needed. And we don't have enough of it, you know, so we can tell our stories our way. That's why we set up this format right here. It's black on, black paid for, blackity, blackity, black, you know, and that's what we do over here. And we want you to get involved. Now, if there's something that we can help you with, that we can connect you with, any type of organization or something, I want you to dial the number 832 833- Four four three nine four nine nine. Again, that number is eight three two four four three nine four nine nine. And let us know what you want. Our inboxes or whatever you want to do. You know, we talk about everything here on this show. We were just a few weeks ago, I think, talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, and that got deep. Yeah, real deep. We're gonna do some more of those because we need to learn how to start loving each other and caring for each other once again. Mm-hmm. You know, we we missing out on that one right yeah. there. Maybe narrow down the topic so we can yeah, get, into get a some, little deeper into those conversations. Yeah, right, right. I guess that's why I'm not in no relationship. <laughs> hey, what can I say? Need to learn a little bit more about Maybe it. Me both. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they're rough now. They are. Yeah, I mean, they're an investment. Yes, of, of a lot of time and energy. Time and energy, mm-hmm. you know, and Sometimes we can take time and energy for granted, Yeah. you know, and you got to report when you're in a relationship. But yeah. when you're single and by yourself, you can kind of be free. You can do what you want to do, go where you want to go, see who you want to see, yeah. come in when you want to come in mm-hmm. and not have to report to anyone. Exactly. Yeah. And so it has an advantage. I'm liking that life right now. So. Oh, I'm loving that life. I've been living <laughs> it for a, a little while now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lady asked me, uh, could I come over? And I said, well, not tonight. <laughs> got plans. You know, huh? Got plans. Got plans. I got, and I did have some other things to do. Mm-hmm. And I can do that. But when you're in a relationship, that's going to be a whole other conversation. Absolutely. Can I come over tonight? It's not even an ask at yeah, that no, point. They're probably you just expecting just show to show up. up. Yeah, yeah, they're going to just show up on you. Boom. There you mm-hmm. go. Well, you had planned on doing something else, but you're not doing it now. Not now. Right. Not now. Well, it's crazy. Relationships. Black relationships. We need more of them. Yeah, we do. We do. More positive. What do you think could change the narrative to where we can start understanding each other? Um, I, I feel like we're, I feel like we're on the path. Exposure. Um, I, I always say that the internet has its positive effects and negative effects, and that's one of the positive ones. People are um, able to be a little bit open, more open about who they are and um, what they desire and what they need. And I think it allows for open conversations and people to actually take the time with their significant other and say, hey, this is something that I'm not going to tolerate, mm-hmm. or this is something I need to work on. And 
it seeing that you're not the only one with that issue because social media allows other people to address those same issues helps. Do you feel like there's a lot of truths in it? Uh, dealing with technology and internet uh, relationships and communicating uh, directly like that on, you know, people are on messenger and FaceTime and yeah, all I that mean, adds there, a whole nother element. It does. Like I said, I mean, that's going to be some of, some of those things are going to be negative aspects, but I feel like there are enough people out there who are being honest about who they are in their situations to where if you're looking for, you know, the right answer or some assistance looking or some help, love. you can find it. Mm-hmm. Oh, love, that's a little bit more complicated. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more complicated, but mm-hmm. it's there. Yeah. And helps you meet people who you would have never met before. Yeah, I know a lot of people are meeting a lot of each other, huh? Yeah, everybody's mate isn't going to be in Tulsa, I, Oklahoma. I'm kind of a... Uh, I went on a when I was um, living in Houston. Somebody told me and talked me into uh, joining a dating site, mm-hmm. and so I said, "All right, I'm gonna try this." So they had me put in all of my information in there, and I did. And you know, the age the age of the ladies that I'm trying to look for and all Bobby, that. Were they were they reasonable ages? Yeah, I thought they were reasonable <laughs> for me. You know, so uh, you know. Oh, gosh. But some people may have thought they were too young, mm-hmm. you know, but I thought for me, you know, lady in her, I thought in her forties or something was okay. okay. And then somebody said, no, it's too young. You need to go up to 50. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said, wow, 50. Then they said, yeah. And then some people say, you need to go up to 55, 55 to 60. I said, oh no, that ain't me. Dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I just can't do that one. You know, but anyway, I, Ran across all of these uh, females, and it got so overwhelming. It really did. It got so overwhelming, and all these inboxes and all these questions. It I felt uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. So I just got off. Got off. I had to get out of there quick, with the quickness, because it was just like, first it was kind of funny, and I'm like answering this lady and answering that lady and that lady and all these ladies. And I found myself in conversations with a whole bunch of women uh-huh. that I didn't need to be in. Okay. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I said, man, I'm all these women. I could be meeting these women at Starbucks and taking these women out to different places mm-hmm. and on a whole bunch of different dates. And I just said, no, I got to back up out of that. And I did. And I said, Whew. exhale. Okay. I've um, never had, I mean, I didn't. I haven't had any terrible experiences yet with online dating. But I think it's kind of cool how you've you done can... it. You've done it? Uh-huh. That's actually the main way I date. Oh, honestly. so you, you're doing it now? Mm-hmm. So you're meeting guys. On, you know what? Uh, my cousin, Queen's son, he does it too. Yeah. And he, he's actually FaceTiming. Oh, uh, yeah. That's you know, he's right. FaceTiming them now. He yeah. FaceTiming. They FaceTiming. They been FaceTiming for a while. I say, man, you know, and show me. He's hey, just so and so. Hey, how you doing? I'm they like, got, okay. They have to be local. I have to be able to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. Local but, is better. Yeah, and I've and I've actually um I've I met a gentleman on there who we know almost all of the same people, but we've never met each other. Really? Mm-hmm. That never. Is a I've never seen him in my entire life. And then he told me he was like, "Okay, I don't want to creep you out, but you realize we're friends on Facebook." And I was like, "I did not know that." And he was like, "You I guys were already so we friends went, on Facebook." He went to add me on Facebook. We were already friends, but we've never 
communicated with each other. How did, yeah, that's from just accepting someone's friend's request. Exactly, because you know? um, he went to uh, he went to school with a lot of my friends, so it probably just got jumbled up and then like, oh yeah, I saw you before, but I've never I never spoke to him before. Wow, and you guys were already friends. Huh? Mm-hmm. So that's the internet does that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does. Mm-hmm. Connect people with people. Yeah, that's what it do. Lindsay and I, if you were looking for the perfect guy, what would he be? I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, I mean, really, if you were looking for the, the shallow per- part of me, the shallow part, shallow. He okay. has to be. He has to be six foot or taller. Oh, you want a you want a six foot tall man? Can't you're a short la- You're a short lady. Yep, can't be shorter than six foot. That's really, my, that's my limit right there. Six foot. Six foot or taller. So you got some requirements here. I do. Dark skin. Five ten. Five eleven. I'll give it to you. Five ten. Mm. Five nine. Nope. Five Nobody. nine. Five nine is the absolute now. Okay, but he got to be six footer, dark skin, and what? Preferably dark skin. Oh, you ain't into that light skin. That I'm I'm as, I'm bright enough for the both <laughs> of us. You know. <laughs> Dang. That is funny. That's um, funny. Uh, preferably a college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, or working towards one. What if he say he don't want no degree, and he just work? He just working. If he if he is um, he just working. It it can't be a regular job. It can't you know, be you a regular job. You have to have something that shows me that you have some initiative. You know. Okay. So a college degree to me is like okay, you took an so, extra step. So if he's an entrepreneur, let me ask you this. If he, so if he's making a he's on a job and he's working and he's only making about fifteen dollars an hour, that's not gonna work for you. Not if you're not working towards a. Your own business on mm-hmm. the side or something. You just working a job for somebody else. Yeah. Going every day. Eight to, that, eight, your eight ambition to five. is a little too low for me mm-hmm. at that point. Christian. Okay. He has to be a Christian. Um, active Christian. Active. Mm-hmm. Going to church and stuff like yeah. that. Belong yeah. to some some ministry or something, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, that's all I got right now. That's all you got? Slowly making my list. Uh huh. Yeah. Funny? Humor? No. Um, a li- I have a weird humor, so oh, okay. humor means different things to different people. Uh huh. Um, I if you can hold an intellectual conversation with me That'd or be debate, good, huh? yeah, that would be great. I mean, you don't have to go to college to do that, but a lot of people lack those skills. So yeah, those type of skills. Well, mm-hmm. and that's your requirement. Yeah. And you're entitled to that kind of stuff. So, a lady told me, she said, I want me a man and make me just laugh all the time. Every day, just make me crack up and laugh and be able to have a conversation, yeah. an intelligent conversation. And, you know, this, this, she said, I'm tired. I'm so sick and tired of drama men. Yeah, you know, for bring, sure. That brings about the drama all the time. You know. And you know what, Bobby? But, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this one out there. I prefer a man who doesn't have children. Okay. Because I don't have any. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Um. I don't even. Do you? Are you planning on ever having children? It's up in the air right now. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe, ask me in four years from now. Possibly. Okay, that's another. But right time now, it's question. like eh, I kind of want to travel. I want to do my own thing. So mm-hmm. no time soon. But yeah. Um. I've dated both, and uh, I pref- when you're dating, it's it's kind of difficult to not include. A person's child, but then when you break up, then it's like losing. You know, you, you get attached them, wow. to a kid, so it's just like I don't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. So was that what it's kid. like when you dated a guy with a child? I think I was more hurt about not being able to see the child. Than really? Him. Huh? 
No yeah. more, huh? Yeah, because I knew my ex's son. I met him when he was two, and he's eight now. He just turned seven. He just turned seven. And he remember you, huh? Yeah. So that was Mama, that was too Mama much Lindsay. For me. Way too much for me. So I never. I don't. I don't think I'll ever want to go through that again. Ever. Yeah. So yep, men no no children, six foot, dark skin, Christian, intellectual conversation. So not, no, five foot six. I can't. I cannot. I can't do it. Ah. Uh, can't do it. I don't think. I, I think it's just what I'm used to. Um, and then you know my my mom's family's tall. All of them are women and mm-hmm. men. Yeah, They're you got tall. some tall women yeah, in your I'm, family. I'm short, but I'm literally the shortest of everyone. Yeah, right. I'm taller than you. I'm five one. Five one, and you mm-hmm. want a six footer, huh? Mm-hmm. And your mom's about five ten. Uh, no, my mom's like five six. Five six, somewhere yeah. in there. Her uh-huh. sisters though are five ten. Oh yeah, five, I know five ten. They they're tall. Six foot, I've yeah. seen them six foot. Yeah, I've seen them. Some yeah, tall so ladies right there. I think my, I have a cousin who may be like five four. It's probably the closest to my height. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. You itty bitty committee. <laughs> so so down. I can't even reach the top shelf in the kitchen. Uh, can't that's, that's see, can't reach anything that over the um, refrigerator, none of that. That is too funny. So just yeah. to, even if it's just to help with those tasks, you need to be tall enough. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you gotta be tall. What about you, Bobby? What would be your minimum requirements? Uh, minimum requirement. I think I have to have a a, a, a lady who has a career, mm-hmm. and she's headed towards something. Some type of goal, some type of business involved in something like that. For one, because I'm an entrepreneur and I have a business. Yeah. And she must be able to contribute to my purpose as a man and I can contribute to hers. Mm-hmm. You know, on the even playing field right there. Yeah, actually compatible. Uh, yeah, compatible. Mm-hmm. We know when to work and when not to work, you know, and uh, when to have fun and when not to have fun. Maybe uh, I don't prefer anyone bigger than me. Okay. <laughs> you know, she's bigger than me. I don't. It's not a, an attraction for me. Okay. Not bigger than me. Uh, color preferences, uh, skin tone really don't matter if her head is in the right place. Okay. You know, if her head is in the right place, I kind of I like caramel skin. You know, mm-hmm. the per you know. Beyonce, that's light skin, I guess, you know. Yeah. But more light. You know, and uh I know what I like, but you know, we all like what we like. Until and, you find something different. And then yeah, until like we find bit. something different. Yeah. But it really don't matter when it comes to that, but it just uh I like a shapely type female. Okay. I desire and I don't want nobody got no big belly like me. You know. <laughs> well, Bobby, uh, you may need to lose that then. Yeah, right. Well, I mean we <laughs> men we can get away with some of that sometimes. Even though women, some women, you know, trip off of it, but yeah. but we can get away f- with it. I'm not saying, fellas, just to go with that because we all need to exercise and, yeah. and, you know, get rid of these tummies and stuff. But that and, you know, somebody just to kick it with. I don't want, I would hate to run into a lady and she likes me and we seeing each other and we're out in public and another lady comes up to me and gives me a big old hug or a kiss on the cheek. And this woman gets all jealous and all mad, and you know because okay. she did that, you know, unexpectedly. Bobby, I got a lot of friends. Bobby, hey, what's going on, baby? And giving him a hug, and that's that's that. Yeah. And you know, I would hope that she would understand 
you know, the personality and the persona and all of that stuff. Yeah, you have to fill out the circumstances. Yeah, you yeah. know, not be all jealous and she held you too tight and what she holding on to you for. And, you know, you just know that, you know, more secure. I feel like there's a fine line, though, because some people have the intention of being disrespectful. Yeah. And then there are other people who genuinely... I, I, I'm I'm always conscious of that. So if I'm hugging a friend who is with someone else, first of all, I'm not going to approach him without a, acknowledging who she is. Right. That's and I think that's, I think that's where people go wrong. If, you, if you're doing all this conversation with Bobby and there's a woman right next to you, come on now, and address you see, her. You, she's you, there. You can actually see she's with me. Yes. You know, yes. and be respectful. Because I'm telling you, that right there alone will change a, a woman's entire perspective. If you, oh. if you acknowledge me, Hey, how are you? It's nice to meet you, mm-hmm. you know. And I have the uh, I, I have to be respectful in the fact of introducing mm-hmm. who I'm with. How uh, this is this is Jan, this is so and so. How right. you doing? Hey girl, how you doing? We know each other from blah blah and explaining the situation. Yeah. And if it's a old girlfriend kinda come up to you. I think you that's know, where it gets complicated get with the complicated. man introducing because yeah. it's like if I if if I'm walking up to you and I address her, you know, hey Bobby, hey, how you know, what's your name? Then it's not like you forgot about her. But at the same time, if you haven't actually committed to a title, you don't have to be like, hey, this is my friend, Jan. Right, exactly. You miss that whole awkward space, you know? Yeah, it can be awkward. Yeah, it can be. And then when she walks away, who was that? Yeah. Uh, That was an old friend of mine. We went to school together back in, hmm, y'all are more than schoolmates, I can tell. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, we just friends we dated on a couple of dates you know yeah i can tell next thing you know, they got a conversation mm-hmm. now y'all arguing now you're arguing i'm no, ready she to go want, she even want to finish dinner. take me to the home take me home <laughs> i'm like well goes. we just got here yeah i don't care take me home because sometimes it's, i mean most of the time it's probably not going to be on you it's just the way women we know women we know what we're doing so if i'm approaching you and i want to make her mad I can do that without you ever even thinking it's a problem. Exactly. So, some women to do it too. They're they tissuing them. I've had it yeah. happen mm-hmm. too many times. You know, some people want to just be messy. Exactly. Just to mess with you and her. Mm-hmm. For no mm-hmm. apparent reason. Don't mm-hmm. don't know her from the girl next door, but just to be honoring and to let her know, hey, and mm-hmm. I, I I know him, know him, then. <sighs> yeah. And men do it too these days. Yeah, men do it too. For sure. Yeah, sorry. For sure. They ain't got no guts. You know, a lot of these guys. Most today. of the time, if if <clears throat> out the I've seen circumstances where um, men haven't done it and it's been out of fear, like oh, I'm with someone who's like big and muscular, and you are probably on the skinnier side, then you mm-hmm. may have a little bit more respect mm-hmm. than others. But I've seen both ends of it. Like okay. Mm-hmm. Had some awkward situations where I'm like, well, then um, we're going to walk away now because you literally made this as awkward as possible. That's right. Awkward as possible. Mm-hmm. Don't like being in those situations where it's awkward because it's unnecessary. Yeah. And sure. That's why you got to know your mate. You do. And, you know, you got to have somebody who understands the situation. Yeah. Because some yeah. people are going to be more social than others. Man, true. Think about the celebrities. That Celebrity guys. Huh? It has to be rough. Oh, you're a big time celebrity. You got all these girls after you and you with your wife, mm-hmm. your wife. And vice versa. I think about and, 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 and Beyonce right. and, and Jay-Z, Jay-Z often right. yeah. because, you know, I saw I saw a picture of him and um, her, him and her at the Lion King premiere. And they had in 
Megan Markle was talking to um, Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was kind of standing there like. They they say she disrespected Beyonce or something, didn't she? I didn't, I didn't it, read what, about I, that. I, I read something about she reached over to talk to Jay-Z and Beyonce was in the middle or something. Oh, no, no. You're talking about it was a. That was um, her. That was no, that, that, was a, that was a girl, like a, a lady at the game. A reporter or something, game. right? Yeah. At the game. Yeah, yeah, but this happened the other day. Um, oh, at just the, the other Lion day. King okay. Premiere. Yeah. So Megan was talking to Beyonce, you know. And Jay Z was standing next to Beyonce. In the picture, you can kind of see him like smirking a little bit, but a little awkward. Like, I mean, cause she's super. She's Beyonce, and you're Jay Z too. But realistically, more people are going to be familiar with Beyonce. Um, but that's that's uh, Markle. She's uh, married to. Uh, yeah, she's a princess. She's a princess. Mm-hmm. So that's power within all three I of know. them. That's like, how do you judge that? I love to see those images. Yeah, which ones? Black black excellence, where you have a lot of powerful black people you oh, know, I do in too. one picture. I do too. Mm-hmm. And we need more of that. I love seeing powerful black people who can who are not intimidated by the system. Yeah. And who can call their own shots and say what they want to say. You know, we just need more unity with the finances, putting it together to to build up economic development. Absolutely. In some of these communities, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I think we fall short. Yes, we well, get wrapped up in material in- stuff for ourselves. You know, we're gonna go out and get this big old gigantic house, this twelve bedroom house with a big old swimming pool and all of this stuff, you know, and worth twelve million dollars and investing it. We only in half the house. Yeah, but I think a part of that comes from, I mean, how often do they really get to enjoy their money? Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, I don't think that they're thinking about it the way that we see it. Like, oh, we got people out here who are living under a bridge and you buying a $12 million house is like, I mean, they do, they do um, give, they give to their causes. Yeah. Yeah, You know, and I can see that I've been around a lot of rich entertainers before. And I've seen, lived out in Hollywood, went to Beverly Hills and visited some of them houses and some of them rich folks. And, you know, to me, it's like the gardeners and the maids and everybody enjoy the homes more than they do. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, because they're always gone. They're touring. They don't have, you know, and then they're just busy all the time. And on time when they come home is using the bedroom or just watching something in the, or people the just being yeah, there most of the time, not even so, themselves. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so the housekeepers keep everything up and keep everything. They the ones that bring their parents and, and their friends over and stuff, you know, wow. and enjoy the property. Yeah. And it's kind of like, wow, it's crazy. So I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it because most of me is like, you're wasting money. Like you're there's wasting, so there's so many oh different places goodness. where your money could be going, yeah. and you could actually feel good about yourself. But then the other part of me is they're working 350 True days out of the year, money. and they take you know I that one that. time this year, and they say I'm going to buy a jet, and we're like, you bought a freaking jet, and it's like, uh-huh. yeah, but you forgot that I've been on tour for, for six eleven months. months. Yeah, yeah, like come months, on now. Right. So, um, I I think you have to be able to judge from both yeah, perspectives. Yeah, you know, it's their money. It is. And they've it's, earned it. Well, it's their money. They've, 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 it's kind of hard too because it's like you earned it, but I'm, I'm paying you. So yeah, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's their money. There's, there's no, 
I work for it. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to balance. I can see that being a very difficult task. Um, I think it's also it depends on the person because some people, which seems to be more of the younger generation, they are literally wasting money, like throwing it away, like literally throwing oh money my in goodness. the air. Or, they, throw it, they just yeah, throw it in the wind. Man, yeah. Too much money at a strip club. Yeah, or, you they, know, yeah right. Like, They're making it rain. Ten cars. How are you? How you just came out last year? And you have ten cars. That ten cars. Sense. You can't even drive number one you at a time. You probably don't have a driver's license. Yeah. So, yeah. Ten, so I think like it depends said, on the artist too. Ten cars in a in a ten bedroom house. For you, and you want to let your mother come live with you, or, right? Foolery. You know, it's for, yeah, stupid. Yeah. I don't understand it. When you could do, do you realize? Uh, what a few million dollars, just a few million, just five. To say, if you if you had five million dollars, what you could do to North Tulsa? Uh, it seems I like mean, it think could of, be in, endless. Think, <laughs> think of think about just five million dollars. What you could do to North Tulsa? Yeah, and and not even just taking five million dollars and giving it to North Tulsa, but actually now, investing That's in what I'm it. saying. With the with the strip centers that have mm-hmm. been broken down and all exactly. of the old buildings and what you could purchase and what you could start with just just five million dollars. Mm-hmm. I see and they, that. And it's literally I mean, Jay Z's a freaking billionaire. And um, it's like that's like past that's a far if in the you wind. give me five million dollars, it will literally mean nothing to you. That's like passing farting in the wind. Literally. You know what I mean? Real literally, that's like a night out on the town for you. You know, in an exclusive place. Yeah. They that's, they do that I think Beyonce they had said Beyonce had rented or closed down the Grand Canyon for a for a um video. I I've just thought about that money for, alone. What I could yeah. have done with the money it took you to close down the Grand Canyon. For a video. For a video. It's just like Oh my on, God. Man. And you're Beyonce. You can go shoot it outside of your house in the backyard, and people are going to think it's yeah, yeah, right. A plus. You a know? plus. So no matter what you do, they're going to think it's A plus. They're going to praise you for it. So yeah, right. it's just kind of like I see you. I know you're trying to do something that no one else has done, but let's do it with your money. Like, let's yeah, let, 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 let's see you do the video building up an uh, apartment complexes or uh, right. some type of housing or something mm-hmm. or some with some with some poor people. Right. You know, and are I'm, you and impacting like I said, their I'm sure lives? They give. I'm sure I'm they pretty, do. Yeah, you know they do. But they got it's the, not I heard Queen Latifah was building some up the community up near she Newark did. or in Virginia or somewhere up in, in there. New Jersey. Or New Jersey. Yeah. She was building up a you know community mm-hmm. with her she money. Is. Yeah. But, but affordable think of, housing community. Think about if if some of them could get together with their money, put their money together. They don't even have to put Ooh, it together. Just yeah. disperse it in each. Right, come, city, you know, like if all of y'all decided, hey, every year we're gonna take, I don't know, if you five million dollars, if you're making enough, and we're just gonna invest into this community oh, every goodness. single year, you would have, you would help another community thrive. Wonder, and then you, and I don't know, and then a part of me goes back to my um, religious, spiritual side, and then you know, think about the Bible and. Rich, okay. It's harder for a rich man um, to, to inherit the kingdom. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard about that. I know about the Bible. I know plenty of scriptures, you know, in, in the sixty-six books that we have, and uh, <clears throat> that's another topic because yes. it's going to get deep. Another topic. <laughs> that's going to get real deep. You know, I went to seminary school, so I kind of understand how that works. You know, 
And you know, it's it's investment. It's investment. You gotta invest. You do. You, know? you have to give back. That's what people. Get. That's what people look at. I mean, we're the ones. These are the communities who are buying your albums or watching your movies or whatever it is that you're doing. We're yeah, we're, we're investing in you. That's true. So why not just turn that right back around and invest in those communities? Easier, yeah. I'm guessing because it's not being done. I'm guessing yeah. that it's easier said mm-hmm. than done. We've got pro football players right out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, that are mm-hmm. uh, really out there right now. And I heard uh, Tyler Lockett is worth. Uh, fifteen million dollars. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and you know we got players right out of Booger T, and mm-hmm. you know, and we've got entertainers like Charlie Wilson and Alfred Woodard, and people right out of our community right here. Mm-hmm. But we just don't get together and put those rub two nickels to make something happen. And it wouldn't it wouldn't really hurt you guys, you know. It wouldn't hurt wouldn't hurt them at all to do yeah. it. But it's just. I guess getting them to do it. And they and and I think it's where they're when 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 you get that kind of money you donate where you're uh, in, in, to areas that you're passionate about. So a lot of their don't um their foundations and stuff deal with young kids in sports and different things like that and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But um I think where the problem comes in is that areas like media or um Entrepreneurship, they don't get in. They people they aren't investing involved, into those because right. a lot of people aren't making enough money doing mm-hmm, those types of mm-hmm. things. So um, I, I kind of look at it as like if you're going to a college and you're looking at your alumni base, well, your business college is going to always have more donations than your media college. Why? Because they're making more money, so their donations are going to be bigger, which is going to yeah. amount to more. Yeah, because a lot of people don't understand the media sources. You know, this type of business is is a hard sale. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard sell. I'm not selling any clothes. I'm not selling any food. Right. I, you know, no type of uh, tangible something you exactly. can just touch. You know, so therefore it's a harder sell. Mm-hmm. And one thing about African-Americans is that we have a problem with advertising our businesses. Mm-hmm. We don't advertise. Yeah. You know, we don't have. So when our businesses shut down, we wonder why uh, we got to shut down because you're not advertising and building the brand to let people know. Who you are and what you're all about, mm-hmm. you know, and that's uh, something I've been trying to tell. I say you got to do something. You got to social media is free to advertise. It is. It's so free. You can work it so free, and then you know you got to do radio, TV, flyers, posters, signage. Mm-hmm. You got to you do these things, you know, in order to let people know where you're at and who you are. I'm guilty in a lot of ways of doing some things, and I'm, but I'm going to do better. Yeah. You know, so we have to all be able to do some things, and uh, it's going to happen. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, I always say that. I don't know if people believe me at this point, but I I truly believe that we're learning, and we're getting better. Learning as we grow. Mm-hmm. You know, getting and that's all about educating yourself, obtaining the knowledge, learning what to do and when to do it, and getting some wisdom and understanding about what to do. Right. You know, what to do. Hey, I'm like this. If I fail at something and drop down, I just get back up and keep going. Yeah. I don't stay down there. Um, I can say that the first, my first, first girl, go there. My first go around <laughs> with my business. Yeah. Um, I pretty much fell on my face. Yeah. I did. 
and I learned from it and I took about maybe about a year and a half to recollect my thoughts and I went back after it. So, I mean, if you don't fail, then you don't learn. Yeah. Yeah. You don't fail. You don't learn. When I first started this radio station three and a half years ago, I didn't know how to monetize it. I didn't know what to do, uh, how to go about it. I was letting people just advertise for free Mm -hmm. and they were coming in and I was talking and now I got a, uh, open mind mm-hmm. of how to do things to monetize this and give people jobs out of here. And so, but there's things that I have to do in order to get it to that point. Yeah. And as we live and we learn, and that's, uh, that's what it's all about. That's all you can do is mm-hmm. learn. All learn you from your mistakes. Yeah, learn from your mistakes. But if you keep making them, mm-hmm. then then we have a real problem. Yeah, and some of us Keep continue making certain mistakes. Yeah. It, that's not probably the most annoying thing. When you see someone who has a business and then the business fails and they jump into another business and then that one fails and they go to another business. I'm like, you're, you've been in three different industries and business nothing hopping. has succeeded. Mm-hmm. So the problem isn't the industry or it's, it's you. It's you. Come you're on the now. problem. Yeah. doesn't make sense. You have someone with literally five business. You, you sell t-shirts with one company and then you do this with the next company and you do yeah. that and nothing's making mm-hmm. money. You have to stop and realize. That's why I had a gentleman talking about, man, I'm going to start me a newspaper. And I said, Go work I had to be, for one verse. I said, wow, man, that's a hard sale mm-hmm. in today's market. People don't buy newspapers. At all. They just don't buy them. You know, Oklahoma Eagle is struggling trying to sell newspapers. Mm-hmm. I said, you're talking about starting one right here in Tulsa? I said, man, it's, that's a hard sell. The Tulsa world is struggling. Tulsa world is yeah, yeah right. You know, they're all digitizing and going. Yeah, right, over. everybody's digitizing online, and yeah. going over there. They have to. Mm-hmm. To keep know. up with the times. So, so if you if you think that you can start a newspaper today and be successful, you haven't done your research. No, you haven't. And that's the that's already a problem because you don't even know what you're getting into. You know, and you're still stuck on doing that other paper stuff. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, as old as I am, I don't read newspapers. Don't do it. You know, not at all, because there's nothing there. I can just go on the computer and internet and get all the information I need to have. I think the last time I picked up a newspaper was to get the ads out of there. The ads. And that was only because I was doing the whole extreme couponing or trying to Were do you? It. I sucked at it. It was not my thing. You sucked, huh? Yeah. <laughs> not good at it at all, but yeah, that was the last time I picked up one. Yeah, yeah. Not saying they don't have information, but, you know, people are just not using them. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, you have a cell phone. So it's and so difficult. Face. Yeah, it's so difficult. You know, I, it, it, you I know, can it, swipe to the right and then a whole list of, you know, information topics, is that news right there. topics come up. Like, mm-hmm. too convenient. Yeah, it is. And it's sad. It is sad that a lot of these industries are starting to die out. But like you said, you just have to keep up with the time. So you can have a newspaper, but it mm-hmm. needs to be online as well. Exactly. And you need to have a video aspect to it. Like exactly. that's, that's how you that's keep true. up. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Great. Well, hey, Lindsay, we coming to a close. We got about a couple of minutes left. Anything you want to say before we check off the air? Um, If you are in Tulsa and you're available tomorrow, from 11 to 1.30, come on out to the Doubletree downtown to have lunch with the mayor with us. Like I said, we have a couple of tickets left for $35 if you want um, to eat a plate at meal. But if not, then you can get in for $10 and be able to discuss the African-American community and what's going on with the Greenwood District with us. Right. Sounds like fun. I'll be there tomorrow Excited. and uh, dealing with that and uh, parking at the Doubletree, right? Yeah. Oh, one more thing. Since, okay. Because Bobby just um, literally 
got onto me and didn't know it. Um, I do have a business that he did mention earlier, Uh-oh. which is Imagined Events, and I am working on my Instagram. Uh-oh. I don't know about the rest of it, Oops. so look out for Imagined Events because I will start advertising. It's event queen, and huh? I'm I'm trying to be. Uh huh. Trying to do all the Tulsa stuff. You'll get there. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right, you guys. You've been on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. Our way. Me and Miss Lindsay and. Uh, Keep in mind, we'll be here Wednesday night, me and Miss Sansa Ray, and uh, a lot of things going on. Okay, until the next time, have a good one.